Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Mark chapter 9. John said to him, Teacher, We saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able to soon afterwards speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Jesus will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray that you would help us to uh, see and receive truth in in your word and from your word today. I pray that you would settle us wherever we are and whatever it is that we're facing in our life as we go about our day. Lord, I pray that you would come and work your renewing, powerful work here at the very core of our being. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Y'all, there's a lot to look at in a passage like this, and I don't want to keep you all day, so I'm going to try to be as brief as I can, hopefully inviting you to do some further reflection on your own as you walk through your day. The first thing that we're meant to see as we look at an interaction like this between Jesus and his friends is that Jesus is moving his friends from a sense of control and scarcity to generosity. So John, he sees someone casting out a demon doing a work of power, and he tries to stop them because they're not on his team. They're not with Jesus's close core group of friends. And Jesus says, if he's not against us, he is for us. Um, Essentially, Jesus is trying to expand John and the disciples' understanding of how big his team is. And I think that right now, Christians, we would do well to hear this from Jesus at a time where it would seem as if Christians are as divided as they have ever been, where we squabble over doctrinal differences or political differences. Jesus here in this moment is redirecting John and the disciples by saying, listen, the team is bigger than you think it is. There's a gracious generative heart coming from Jesus. And Jesus's generosity is now confronting and rebuking John's scarcity. And I think that we could stand to hear this right now as Christians, that the generosity of God actually stands at times as a rebuke to our own scarcity, our own desire to be in control. But it's interesting that Jesus immediately moves from that moment of teaching his disciples, of forming them, to saying stumbling blocks are really dangerous if you, you'll follow in Mark's gospel, Jesus has just held a child in his arms, 
as he taught his disciples about power and their need to be dependent upon him, now he carries that metaphor even further. He says, essentially, you'll be judged for how you engage with those who are vulnerable. See, the way that we treat one another, the way that we treat others, it matters to God. And Jesus here is reminding us that we're all capable of causing other people to stumble. Uh, Tripping people up is a relatively easy thing to do, and we have to take heed so as not to impede the forward progress of other people. Y'all, we have a call of God placed upon our lives to think about how we impact positively or negatively the forward progress of other people who know and love the Lord, who want to be with God. But also this invitation extends to just image bearers in general. So how do we apply Jesus's words to our real lives about not causing other people to stumble? So first, I think we have to ask this question, well, who are these little ones? Is it just children? Is that, are those the only people Jesus is speaking about? I I actually don't think that's true. I, I think children are among the number of those who are vulnerable. So Jesus is ultimately speaking about those who are vulnerable. So who are the vulnerable? First, I would say anyone under your authority is vulnerable. So if you're a boss, a manager, a director, those who are under you are vulnerable. They are entrusting something to you. Your children, if you have children, the poor, the marginalized, the aged, uh, children, the vulnerable among us are, are many. They're vast and varied, and Jesus is wanting us to be mindful of not making it harder for vulnerable people to move forward and make progress. And as I look at our world today, I think, gosh, how often do we make it almost impossible for the vulnerable to advance? But you know who else is vulnerable? You are. We're all needy. John Ortberg in his book, Soul Keeping, said, it is the nature of the soul to need. We are people who are vulnerable. And Jesus here is saying, don't make it harder than it needs to be. Life is hard enough. Don't put stumbling blocks in front of yourself or others, your friends, people at risk, people around you. And so what Jesus is saying to do is we have to be prepared to do what is needed in our own souls to promote growth in others and in our own lives. And he uses really provocative imagery. He talks about you know chopping off fingers, hands, feet gouging out an eye. And what Jesus is doing in this moment is not actually suggesting that you should do those things. I mean, goodness gracious, if you were going to sin with one hand, you could certainly sin with another. Um, It's not about technical removal of body parts. He's using a Jewish teaching technique, a hyperbolic technique to say, are you willing to do what's needed in order to grow and in order to refrain from injuring the growth or impeding the growth of other people? Effectively, what Jesus is saying here is, I want you to be serious about this. So I think that begs the question for you and for me, are we serious about growth in ourselves and growth of other people? Are we willing to occasionally hurt or to um, limit our own volition or our own freedom or our own range of movement in order to empower the growth and the movement of someone else? That's what Jesus is getting at. I think that's what he's putting his finger on. And he's ultimately saying there are times in life where you have to make some changes. And a big part of that, especially if you are anything like me, 
is acknowledging your own power and your own privilege. And I know those words have become controversial, unfortunately, where all of a sudden to acknowledge your privilege or to check your power is somehow viewed as like an affront to your personal sovereignty. And yet that's exactly precisely what Jesus is inviting his friends to do. He's saying you matter. He's saying you can either clear stumbling blocks or you can place stumbling blocks, that we have the power to encourage life or to discourage life. And y'all, I just want to say your personal power, your influence is a gift from God, and Jesus would simply ask you to steward it wisely, not to be ashamed of power, actually to be able to remove a stumbling block, to clear the way so that a child or um, a person uh, who's on the margins or a person that you uh, know in your community who might benefit from you being more thoughtful about how you live your life or the way you advocate for education, advancement, whatever, the fact that you have power to affect good or bad, but good in this sense is what we're hoping for, is a sign of privilege, and that's a gift from God. But he wants us to be critical and thoughtful, and he wants us to be good stewards over the gifts that he's given us. And that means that sometimes we're invited to make changes as we look at our lives. We're invited to think about how we spend our time, our energy, our money. We're invited to be thoughtful. And y'all, we all have choices to make. And where Jesus goes at the end when he speaks of hell, and honestly, for many of us, you were thinking the whole time, when's Chris going to talk about hell? Um, Because it's right here in this passage. What Jesus is saying is your choices and mine ultimately reveal the trajectory of our lives and our trajectory is ultimately leading us somewhere. And to make the stakes high and clear, Jesus mentions a terrible place. He does so two times. The word Jesus uses for hell is Gehenna. And Gehenna was an actual trash heap on the outskirts of Jerusalem. It was a place that everyone listening to him would have been familiar with. He's being super practical. He's pointing to that place outside town where there was burning trash 24-7, just a stinky burned out, wasted, useless place. And he's saying, don't let your life end up there. See, we don't need to be afraid of hell. We need to be afraid of becoming the kinds of persons for whom hell would be the only manifestation that would be a logical outcome of our life. So you don't wake up one day and shockingly end up in Gehenna. Gehenna is where the garbage goes. It's where used up, burned out, and wasted, discarded things go. And what Jesus is saying here in no uncertain terms is don't live your life so that you would be used up, wasted, discarded, burned out. See, hell is an outcome. It's a manifestation of that which is ultimately disconnected from God. And what Jesus is saying here is don't be disconnected from God. He's not saying, mind your P's and Q's so that you don't accidentally end up in Gehenna. He's saying hell is where discarded things go, and I don't want to discard you. So stay connected. And I believe that that's really important for us to think about. I believe that in this, rather than be afraid, there's an invitation for you and me to think about our lives. And I want to read to you something from our brother C.S. Lewis in his uh, seminal work, Mere Christianity. He says, progress means getting nearer to the place where you want to be. And if you've taken a wrong turning, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you are on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. And in that case, 
The man who turns back soonest is the most progressive man. Jesus asks us to look at our lives, so I invite you today to look at yours. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for grace to think about where our story's headed. God, I pray that we would be the kinds of people that remove, who remove stumbling blocks, both from our own pathway, but also from the pathway of those around us who are vulnerable. Help us to have eyes wide open. In Jesus' name, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm -hmm.